Welcome to Freedom Slave Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Hey, Freedom Slayer, welcome to episode 49 of the Freedom Slay podcast. This one is bound to have you thinking differently about money by the end of it. If generational wealth and building a legacy is a goal of yours, this episode's for you because I'm interviewing generational wealth expert Regina Bird of Prosper with Regina, and she's dishing all the goods that you need to know to build a solid financial foundation for you and your loved ones. Regina's an accountant by trade and total financial boss by every other standard. In a nutshell, she trains mothers how to make their babies trust fund babies by teaching them financial literacy while also showing them how to teach their children the money ropes from a young age as well because let's face it this is the stuff that should be but isn't taught in schools she knows all things about money and investing and in this episode she's getting right into it and you're gonna learn it all including where to begin when starting at zero and you're also gonna learn three steps you should take right now to get your financial bag together you're also gonna learn mistakes to avoid along the way when building your wealth and things you likely believe that you need to unlearn to move ahead with this goal of financial freedom of yours And of course, things mothers should be teaching their kids to prepare them to be financially stable and thriving adults. But even if you aren't a mother, you'll find this super helpful for you as well. Now, before we dive into the goods, I have another question for you. Do you have a vagina? Did that question make you squirm a little bit inside? Well, it shouldn't because you have had it your whole life and just about half the world has one along with you. It'll be like squirming about the word leg. It's a part of you. Anywho, I digress. The reason I asked that question is because I'm on a mission to create normalcy around our relationship with our nether regions while educating you about the things that you don't know but probably should with my new business best period. That's period with a T. I'm so freaking excited. I've created a one-of-a-kind dope AF menstrual cup that vagina heaven peeps need in their life, okay? I share all the reasons why cups are better, especially when you compare it to the alternatives, pads and tampons and things like that. But more importantly, things about your own bits that you need to know. And I share all that information over on Instagram at best.period. So if you want to learn about your own bits, if you want to learn what the heck a menstrual cup is and why you need one, or why my cup's so dope, or you just want to follow a business being created from jump because you're in business and you want to know how it's done from the very beginning, building a product-based business from scratch, then make sure you're following at best dot period on Instagram. So that's B-E-S-T dot P-E-R-I-O-D-T on Instagram, or you can join the bestie inbox list over at bestperiod.com. B-E-S-T-P-E-R-I-O-D-T dot com. Okay, now with that out of the way, let's learn all about generational wealth from Regina. Welcome, Regina. So excited to have you on Freedom Slay Podcast. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Now I want my audience to learn a bit about you. You're a generational wealth expert, which I love. I love that niche. And you have a really interesting story. So could you please share with listeners just a little background of who you are and how this all came about? 
Sure, sure. I would be happy to. My name is Regina Bird. I am the owner of Prosper with Regina, a financial education company for mothers and their children, where we teach mothers how to build wealth and basically make their kids rich. We teach them to do that through trust funds, through business, through stocks, through entrepreneurship. And we just give them the tools that they need to go out into the world and do these things for their children. And how I got started with, I had my son at a, so I have two kids, two beautiful, wonderful kids. And I had my son at a pretty, pretty early age. Now, at the time, I was young, so I really didn't understand finances. And I made a couple of mistakes, as we all do. And I remember two situations. I remember sitting in the food stamp office, and this was like 16 years ago. My son is about to turn 16. And I told myself, oh no, I can never be here again. And I'm going to do everything in my power to learn about finances and educate myself and then teach as many other women, especially African-American mothers, how to do the same, how to duplicate, how to not be in a situation where they feel hopeless and not understand money. And so I began on that journey and I've been doing it ever since. And I just want to make sure that mothers understand that it's not that you're doing anything wrong if you end up in that type of situation. It's that we are not exposed to the knowledge. And I also knew that in the school system, you know, it wasn't as available to me as other nationalities to understand about investments, become financially literate. And so I said, okay, so we have two pieces to this puzzle. We must teach our mothers how to build generational wealth. And then on the other hand, we have to teach our children because they can end up in the same situation, you know, as, as, as a lot of um, other mothers have. And so that's where it came about. That's why this journey is so important to me because I understand both sides. I understand I'm not understanding finances. And then I understand, you know, being on the other end of having ownership, owning stocks, owning real estate, having businesses, you know, being in corporate America, seeing, you know, knowing what that looks like. So that's why it's so important to me. I do really appreciate the story because those listening can resonate with where you were at that point, right? Even if they may not be on food stamps or maybe they are, whichever it is, but they're able to say, okay, I see that you were at a point at one place where you were financially struggling and you were able to not just make it out but make it to a place where you're now teaching others how to do it too which I think is awesome what you're welcome what I really do again appreciate though is you sharing that transparently because a lot of times people get to this place where they are financially abundant and then they forget about those harder times but you use that to inspire you what was the mindset piece you think that really did that because there may be many women now who are sitting in the food stamp place waiting to get food stamps but their mind's not on how do I fix this for myself they may be thinking about all the bills they have to pay or the kids mouths they have to feed so like what do you think was different about your mindset at that time well um two things my childhood because I grew up in a, well, so, okay, let me back up. My father's Nigerian. So coming just from that aspect, Nigerians are very hardcore. They're hardworking and they really just a nation of people that don't have any excuses. Mm -hmm. So knowing, you know, that part of me and when, when I grew up, I grew up in like a middle-class, you know, environment. We, we weren't on food stamps. We weren't, you know, financially in, I would say a struggling place. So I really didn't understand being at that point in my life, even though like when you leave your home, it's 
all up to you at some point, you know, like you have to figure out which, which direction that you're going to go. And so I had like a, I want to say an entitlement feeling, but I was like, oh, everything's going to be fine. So I had to dive deep within myself and figure it out myself. And so my mindset came from my background, but it also came from an understanding of even though we are in this situation now, it doesn't have to be forever. It's like a lot of people, especially like with poverty, it's hard for you to look at, okay, I need to focus on wealth building because your mind is focused on poverty. That's why it's important to get around to other people who are not poor, who are not in the same state that you are. So for me, when I was in that situation, I went back to my childhood and I said, hold on, hold on. My childhood, we didn't have food stamps. Hold on. My childhood, you know, we weren't impoverished. So why am I sitting here? So even if, even if the person cannot pull from their childhood, they need to pull from someone else that has exposed them to another level of living. And that's why like being around different types of people are so important. Even if you have to just pick up a book and look at the beautiful pictures in the book of how people are living, you have to be exposed to want something different. So I would say that just Mm -hmm. can't be where you can't see is what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just, so like, if you're sitting in the food step line and your mindset is like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't understand. You have to put yourself in a position where you are exposed to other levels of living. Yeah. I truly believe that too. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. That's, it's so important that we understand that, like you said, where we are today doesn't need to be where we can be tomorrow. We have to be able to understand that we have the power to move ourselves up in life. And we have the strength and the know-how to be able to do that. We're powerful enough to change our circumstances, even though there are many things, and I'm not going to try to discount or water that down, societal things that try to pull, especially Black women down, right? Mm -hmm. But because you can see someone else doing it, because you see other Black women succeeding, look for that success story. If you're yes. a mother of five, look for another mother of five who's living a better life. Yes. If you're someone who may be physically handicapped, look for someone else who's physically handicapped in the same way that's been able to do it for themselves. And it doesn't discount what you're going through or how difficult the situation is. It's just to give you hope and show you that there's another way. So yes. I, I do like that you brought that up. So Awesome. So what about those who are at, let's say, step zero and they're feeling overwhelmed? And when I say step zero, meaning they haven't secured the bag, right? They right. haven't 
started building up their income, they haven't paid off debt, like all of those things. So what would you say is the first step to wealth building if they are starting at zero? Yes. Okay. Well, I would say the first step before you take any action is gain the knowledge. See, when I talk about stocks and someone comes up to me and says, well, what stock should I buy? I can know right then and there that they don't have any knowledge Mm -hmm. because when you gain knowledge, you understand that there's different steps that you need to take before you even take the action of, and this is my example of purchasing stocks. You have to research the stock. You have to analyze the stock. But if you would take the time to just read a book or listen to a podcast of someone talking about it, you would know those type of things. So the first thing that I would say would gain knowledge, read a book about finances, read a book about investing. I remember one time I tried to get into wholesale and a young lady, and I tried to talk to her about it. And she, and she had done it for us. And she said, well, what book have you read about it? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed because she's right. I'm trying to ask you all this information about all the steps that you've took. And she was like, have you just sat down and read a book about it? So it's, I would say the first step to do when you're really trying to get your finance together is gain knowledge. You know, I have a lot of free resources on my Instagram page, my IGTV. I talk about everything from budgeting to teaching your kids to life insurance to all these different types of tips and not just me there's so many other people so the first thing to do is sit down and gain knowledge yes such great advice and i'll definitely be linking to your instagram handle and all the other sites below that's going to be a great resource for those that are listening it's funny when you mentioned you know he asked you have you read a book about it that sounds like tiffany so i know tiffany montgomery and when people are asking questions she's like well what's the last five books you read about that right like what if you want to be an expert on something or not even an expert if you want knowledge on something you have to first try to get that knowledge right right you can't try to pour, like someone you're asking who may be an expert, they've read a million books. They've right. been studying it for years and it's no way in a two second conversation or an IGDM, are they going to be able to pour all of that information to respond to your question? You have to be able to empower yourself right. to take action through studying it yourself. And it gives you like the person that you're asking, they can take you seriously because mm-hmm. if you don't even want to take the time to invest yourself, why would I take the time to to invest in you by trying to pour, like you said, pour my knowledge into you. Because guess what? If you don't want to take the action of gaining the knowledge you're reading, I'm going to pour it to you. And then you're not going to take that action either. And it's wasting your time. Aunt Google, I say it all the time. She's wise beyond her years. And there are so many questions that are one Google click away. So right. don't be afraid to start finding things on your own and not just trying to, anyway, before I go on a rant, let's get to <laughs> So that's a great first step. But what about like the next three steps you believe mothers should take specifically when they're trying to get their financial bag together? Sure. Well, first thing I want moms to pause, especially the mothers, pause and don't be overwhelmed. That's the first thing, because sometimes if you don't have clarity, you'll miss simple steps, right? Because you're so overwhelmed and you won't even try to go to the next step. So pause, have clarity. That's the, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I want you to have a financial date. What does that mean? I want you to grab you a glass of wine. I want you to grab you a pen and a piece of paper or however you budget. Some people have budget uh, platforms online. You can do that. And I want you to grab your bank statement and I want you to sit down and have a financial day. What does that mean? That means look at all the things, the expenses that you've uh, used your card for the month. And then you want to circle and highlight the 
the wants and the need. Therefore, you can eliminate things through the next month that you really didn't need. So have a financial day. Get your finances in order with yourself first before you can, you know, try to do, try to invest and try to, you know, do all these other things that, that are important on your financial journey. But you want to take the time to have a financial date with you and your money because I'm telling you, whatever you pay attention to increases. Whatever you don't pay attention to decreases. So a lot of people say they want to be rich, they want to be wealthy, but they don't even want to take the time to budget each month. They don't want to take the time to dive into their finances because sometimes it's painful. And when you honestly, when you think about it, a lot of the financial issues that come up with people are because of other situations. Like for instance, if someone is feeling bad, they might go shopping, even though they, they know they're not supposed to, but they might just go shopping because it's retail therapy. The same like some people might overeat. So you wanna make sure that you have those money dates to actually get in tune with what's going on with your finances. And then the third thing, what I would say to the mom is, now let's, so now that we've looked at our finances, we've paused, we've we've dived into ourselves, we're, you know, we, we're feeling confident, look at other ways to create another the stream of income. I always tell my students, especially my mothers in my generational wealth program, look, you know something that someone else doesn't know. What you need to do is sit down and write down everything that you know package it and then monetize it to people that want to know your information, right? That's basically it. I was talking to a young lady and she actually works for a bank that does credit consultation. She was like, well, everyone knows how to do their credit. Not the way you know how to do it, sweetie. You're working for a bank. You have a totally different perspective of it. And she was mm-hmm. like, you know what? You're right. I could sit down and write an ebook about getting your credit together from a bank perspective, you know? And I was telling her like, you have something within you. You know, a lot of people don't think that, oh, everybody knows how to organize. No, they don't. Everyone does not know how to organize. Like I was just trying to organize my closet. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a true skill trying to get everything together. So those are the three things I would say. Pause first. Don't be overwhelmed. The second thing, have a financial date with yourself. Sit down with your money. Sit down with your bank statement. Get at ease with your money. And then number three, look for other ways to create another stream of income. Yeah, that's awesome. And specifically, I do appreciate that you did put the pause in there because it's important that we take the time to just woosah, right? Yes. Because it can be overwhelming as we're taking on new things. Yes. So just to backtrack, the very first thing that she mentioned was to do your research. But yes. once you've begun to do your research, you make sure you're taking a pause, you know, allowing yourself to get too overwhelmed by this new information, allow it to empower you. Mm-hmm. And then you want to have money dates. And I love this because I say it all the time. We make time for a appointments to get our hair and nails done. We make time to go to the dentist, but we don't make time to sit down with our finances. And it's important that we do this and make it fun. Like create a playlist, you know, whatever vibes make you feel like a total financial boss, like do what you got to do to get in that space, but set the time to do the things that are not that sexy at the end of the day. No one likes looking at their bills. No one likes looking at their statements, especially if, you know, the statements are low. Like once they start growing, you want to check your bank account every day. But the point is like, no one really likes that at the beginning of it, but you put yourself into a habit, a weekly habit where you're starting to make it a part of your life and you actually begin to enjoy it. So I love that. And then you mentioned looking at other ways to create a stream of income and you're talking my favorite language right here, right? (laughs) 
And it's amazing because people don't realize millennials, most millennials is close to 50% have created or are trying to create additional streams, building Mm -hmm. businesses and things like that. So Mm -hmm. there may be some, well, everyone listening to this podcast is either an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. So we don't have to worry about you, but there are some people who may hear that and they're like, you know, I'm not a business person. I'm not trying to create a business. And it's like, that doesn't, you can love your full-time job. That doesn't mean you can't make something on the side with something you also enjoy doing. Right. Right. So just don't be so closed-minded to other possibilities and it was interesting listening to you talk about the lady who was working in credit because while she is able to share it in a way you know other people aren't because she has that bank experience there are so many people that don't even know the basics basics of it they won't even know how to first go and search and find their credit like there are people when we're in our space and our zones of genius we think that everyone knows how to do what yes. we know how to do yeah yep there are always people who don't know and who yeah. are multiple steps behind in this aspect i'm sure there are things they can teach you but when it comes to this thing you know things right. and you don't have to know it all like that person who worked in credit she probably has a vice president who um you know may have been doing it for 30 years or 40 years or something you know and it, you are trying to teach the vice president right you're just trying to teach people who know less than you. And we need to right. wrap our head around that. So someone who may have just started picking up photography and they're getting good at it, they may be afraid to teach it because they're thinking, well, there are people who've been doing photography for decades. That's okay. That's not your people. That's not who you're teaching. Right. You're teaching people that don't know yet. So we always have to remind ourselves that we create these resistance blocks when we're afraid of you know, putting ourselves out there thinking we're not expert enough, but we know just enough to teach what it is that we know. Trust I and believe it. that. I so I, I love that information you just shared. So thank you again. And what are some of the mistakes you find mothers are making when it comes to wealth building? Okay, so this is a good question. And the first mistake is that mothers don't believe in themselves. I think, especially when I have my generational wealth program for mothers, there is a lot of reinforcement in terms of, is this a good idea? Do you think this will work? Oh, what do you think about this? And I'm like, it's a t-shirt line. Just try it. Like you can do it. So I think that that number one aspect is just not believing in themselves hinders mothers from taking actions that could help them in the future. So that's number one. Number two, and this kind of piggybacks off of it, but not understanding investing. And so they kind of leave it up to the husband or leave it up to someone else like the 401k to invest for them instead of them doing these steps, gaining the knowledge, having a pause, having a money day, the learning about investing, I think is a second is, is a second problem because we don't, especially in African-American households, some where it's not taught at a very young age. And so now you're, now you're telling a woman who is like in her fifties and not even a woman, or a millennial. No, I, I want you to stray away from just the going to get a job and working aspect. And now I'm telling you to learn this whole new world called investing. That in itself can be overwhelming. And so instead of people saying, okay, let me just build my confidence up. Let me try to figure it out. They say, you know what? This is not for me. I've heard somebody say, this is not for me. This is too much for me. I don't know anything about that. I'm just going to work until I'm 70 and, you know, focus, focus on my 401k. So those are the two mistakes that I see a lot of women making is that they quote unquote, at the beginning, don't believe in themselves. And then second, they, because they don't believe in themselves, they don't think that they can take on the investing world. Mm -hmm. Those are some great ones. And a part of this is I find, especially with the black community, we feel like there's 
grace in our struggle. Like we feel yeah. like we have to be struggling in order to be someone who's worthy of respect, right? Yeah. Or we feel like I've seen it so often where you know, you're telling someone, oh, you have a nice shirt. Like, this is like something completely random, but you're like, you got a nice shirt. They're like, oh, I only bought it for $2 at Walmart. Like, okay, yeah. that's great. But it was a nice shirt. Right. You know, or, you or know, they'll we, say, or they'll say something like this old thing. And you're like, no, deflecting. it's not. Yeah. Deflecting and constantly yeah. believing that we have to highlight and constantly live in the struggle yeah. in order to be deemed worthy or like grounded. You can be grounded. You can be humble and still be about that money. Right. So I right. understand that you can do that, you know, cause that's another resistance I feel like people have. So I love that. And it's funny because it was a perfect segue when I was talking about, you know, not having the confidence to think they're expert enough. And you went straight into that. Like it's that mm -hmm. mindset piece where they feel like they don't believe in themselves and it's really mm -hmm. unfortunate. And I'm glad that you help support them in that way as well, where you help them say like, try it, you right. know, like what's the worst that can happen? I say this all the time. My listeners are probably tired of listening to it, but <laughs> like, what is the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen when she goes to do this t-shirt line is that no one buys a t-shirt, but no one's buying a t-shirt now because it doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. So you're already living that worst case scenario. So, I mean, okay. Yeah. She may lose some money with, <laughs> with printing the t-shirts. Like that's the worst case scenario, but think of all the upward potential if those start selling, when they yeah. start selling, you know? Yeah. So we have to start thinking of the positive what ifs too, and not just filling our minds with all the worst case scenarios all the time, yeah. because we can overcome them, but let's start thinking and visualizing and visioning all the potential upside of us making these positive moves in our lives. So I love that you Perfect. mentioned it. Yeah. Perfect. I it. So that's the biggest mistake, but what do you find that women are doing well right now that they should probably continue doing like when women come to you because sometimes they may think they're not doing anything right like what are some things that they're actually or people may be doing now that you believe they should continue doing taking charge mm -hmm. I, one, one thing like okay i'll say this i wish more women would take charge but the women that i'm helping are taking charge if, if that makes sense. Yes. So, yeah. so one thing that a lot of women are doing, especially because of everything that is going on, they are trying to get themselves in a better position and they're trying to teach their kids about money as well. And so I think that the essence of women right now, like being at home, not really being in corporate America, quote unquote, like, you know, having to leave the house. I think women are like, hold on, hold on. There's a whole, there's another world out there, like an online world where I can make money, stay with my kids, and also learn about finances and also dive into um, a better version of me. So I just want women to continue on this path, continue on learning about life insurance, uh, continue on learning about uh, wills and, and trust funds that I teach. A lot of women are actually diving into that. And I believe it's because we are forced to sit down because of what everything is going on. So that's one thing that I want women to continue striving for is it's it's not that you got to be the, the leader of your family. No, if that's not your position, but you need to know, you need to know, because a lot of times women are left in positions where their mate, something happened, God forbid, something happens to their mate, and they don't even know where the financial documents are. Now women are like, hold on, where are they? Where are the financial documents? Where are the investing materials? Like what is going on with our finances? So either number one, the single mom, is like, no, to, right now is the time to take charge, right? Right now. Or the married woman is like, 
I just want to know where all the information is. I want to know, I want to, I want us to be transparent. So if something was to happen, I know how to take the reins and continue on with our legacy. And also too, with, with a lot of people are um, creating other businesses other than their job and people are focusing on building legacies now that's that's the new thing that's that's the thing that i am happy that people are jumping on board it's not just oh i am you know just trying to work my job but no it's about building legacies mm-hmm. that's the focus and i'm really really excited about that especially now because we have time to sit down and say okay what is my wealth building strategy i don't want to get into that but a lot of women are saying, what is my wealth building strategy? Because if you want to go from California to New York, you need to have a GPS to do it. That's the same thing as building wealth. From where you are to where you see yourself in five years, what is your wealth building strategy? Is it life insurance? Is it real estate? Is it stock? Is it mutual funds? What are you going to do? And so I think that a lot of women are you know, leaning in that direction of trying to understand their strategy to get to where they're trying to go. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like we're so aligned on a lot of the things you're talking about, because when you mentioned GPS, I'm thinking in my Cubicle Ditch Academy, we're talking about like different things for building business. And I say like a plan, you're talking about financial plan and wealth plan, but I was just talking about like setting up your business for success to have a sales plan. But I mentioned the GPS too. I'm like, sure, you can, you know, do a cross country trip without a GPS and you may get there eventually, but you're going to waste time and money along the way, right? If you have this plan, the GPS, then it makes it a whole lot easier for you. So I really, really love that. And when you were talking, it reminded me of this book I read a while ago, a long time ago. This is when I was trying to sort my financial life out. And that was Smart Women Finished Rich. And in that book, they were talking about a lot of women who, well, it was a gentleman, I forget his name that wrote it, but he was saying how a lot of women came to his office after like something happened with their husband, whether it was a divorce or whether it was a death in the family or whatever it was, like some traumatic situation where they realized they had no idea about how the finances were run in the family, but the book, that's how it starts, but it goes into all the ways to build wealth in your family. So I, yeah, I really do love that and creating that legacy. And it really just comes down to getting curious. If you hear about something, you, I'm sure you've heard the word stock and you've heard the word bonds and you've heard the words, you know, EFT and futures and all those things, research, right? Right. Get curious about it and look it up. It doesn't mean you have to do all the things, but the things that feel aligned to you, maybe it's real estate investment. So I know for me personally, I have life insurance and I could tell you how I got it. I was working at a, I was working, I worked at a bank for 12 years before I quit my job. And I remember it was an SEVP, so a senior executive vice president. And I'm sitting in my little cubicle and I'm thinking, well, who's going to have information that I need? I mean, I've done the research I can. Let me go ask them a question. So I went up there and I went, knocked on this, you know, high level office. And I said, hey, tell me something. I know they're taking money out of our checks to pay pension and for all these different investments and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But let me know what you're doing with your money when you get paid. Like, what are you doing to invest your money? And the first thing he said to me was, you need to get life insurance. And I did. I ran right away. And I was super young at the time. So it made it a lot easier because the younger you are, the cheaper mm-hmm. your, your premiums tend to be for yes. life insurance. So and I, the cheaper it is for your kids if you want to get it for your children. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really cool. And then I worked in trust and estate. I actually am a certified trust and estate practitioner by training. Mm. 
So I learned about wills and estates, but before being a management trainee and moving into that department, I had no idea about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it's some important things that you need to know to protect your assets. Bob Marley's mm -hmm. estate was recently settled, like recently in the last couple of years, wow. because they were fighting for years with all the children and stuff like that, because there yeah. was not, the estate was not you know, sorted from the beginning. And there are so many Nipsey hustles, another one that recently happened where he didn't have a will, right? So you see these people, even these people who are financially successful, who have not sorted these small pieces out that they could have easily had someone help them sort out. And, you know, it just causes a whole lot of trouble in the back end. Right. So if you really want to begin securing the bag for your kids, I love that you mentioned, you know, learning about those, you know, trusts and wills and estates yes. and figuring out if that makes sense. Well, the wills does, because yeah. if not, it goes and tests it. But anyway, figure out what makes sense for you. So right. I love I love that. And you have this Instagram post that I I adored. <laughs> and you <laughs> had so much information on Instagram that you share all the time. So if you guys Thank are not you. following Regina, please make sure you do. Again, the link's going to be in the bio. It is Prosper with Regina, right? On yes, yes. It's Prosper. Yes, it's Prosper with Regina on Instagram. Yeah, yes. and I'm going to take it below again, but it is Prosper with Regina. If you're listening to this and you can't write it down or something, it's Prosper with Regina. She yes. always has some really cool posts up. And it was one that you had in particular about things to unlearn so we don't teach these to our children. Yes. So I think it was called specifically things to unlearn so we won't teach our teach. kids. Yes. So in which you shared six important things. So can you <laughs> share them with my audience? Sure, sure. So these are things that over the years I've noticed that we teach our children and we don't even know that we're teaching our children, right? And so if we can pinpoint them and say to ourselves, okay, when I start going down this path, I can consciously say, no, 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 this is not what I'm going to do. So these are six things that we have to unlearn. Number one, don't talk about money. We have to talk about money with our children, especially because after they get out of our household, it is such, well, even in our households, but it's such a, a, a big factor of their lives. But have you noticed like sometimes when people grow up, you know, the, the mom or the, or the dad say, oh, this is grown folks business, right? And so the kids are growing up not even knowing anything about money because all they've heard is mm -hmm. it's grown folks business. So then when they get grown, they're like, okay, well now it's time for it to be my business, but I don't know anything about it. So mm -hmm. that's number one, don't talk don't talk about money. Number two, money is the root of all evil. That is so not true. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So these things that we've just learned along the way, they're not correct. And we're passing them down from generation to generation. And then, and then kids are growing up like subconsciously feeling like, oh, if I focus on money, I'm going to be bad. No, it's the love of money. It's the absorption. It's the, it's the thought process of money is everything to you, right? But no, money is important and it's not the root of all evil. Number three, money is more valuable than knowledge. Like that is so wrong. And we just talked about that. Knowledge will put you in a position to make money. For instance, I was talking to a young lady and I'm trying to get into mobile home investing. I was talking to her and I was like, oh, I'm going to do mobile home investing. I think that's great for me. She, and she looked at me and she said, girl, I don't know anything about that. Next, let's talk about something else. And it clicked in my head that, wow, it's not that 
mobile home investing is bad, or I didn't even get discouraged about what she said, but it was the fact that she does not have the knowledge and the understanding of it to know that it's a good investment. So the first thing, like I said before, is we have to gain knowledge, right? Money is not more valuable than knowledge. Actually, knowledge is more valuable than money. Okay, the fourth thing is get a job only. Like, so the, the old way of thinking is get a job, you know, put money into a retirement account when you're 70, you know, you stop working and then you go to Florida, live for a couple of years and then you pass away, right? Because they tried to instill in our head that getting a job is the only way to make money. It's 2020. There's so many other ways to make money. There's different forms of passive income. There's dividend income. There's real estate. I mean, there's investing in other people's companies. There's so many other ways to make money. There's online programs. So we have to understand that there's nothing wrong with having a job. That's why I said get a job only. There's nothing wrong with having a job, but there's other ways you can make money as well as having a job. Okay, number five, don't have money work for you. See, a lot of times when we go to these jobs, we are we are working for the money instead of money working for us. So when you put your money into the stock market, would you, when you put your money into investments, your money is working for you. That's why it's so important to learn about these stocks and learn about the investments at a very, very young age. So you can start on the path for your money working for you, right? And so a lot of times, all we think about is going to a job, clocking in or working for an hourly pay or even a salary. And so I believe that it caps our thinking, right? And so we have to understand that money can work for us. We, we, even if you do work a job, the thing that you want to do is get that money and then put that money in investments in other vehicles where your money can work for you. And then the last one is who you know doesn't matter. Man, that is so not true because relationship equity is so important, right? Relationship equity will get you in the doors that, you know, you yourself couldn't get in just because you know someone or just because you guys share the same type of ideology or the same type of focus. Um, I always tell people, and everyone has heard this, but it's so true. The five, the, the five people are you around are going to dictate your future, right? They're going to dictate where you're going. If you are hanging around five broke people, you will essentially be the sixth one. And it's not intentional, right? It's because their habits become your habit, right? And if their habit is not your habit, then you're going to go around people that are doing different things. It's not like a deep thought, you know, oh my gosh, I got to not hang around the people I used to hang around. No, it's not that. It's find people that are going in the same direction as you so you so you can bounce ideas off of so you can go in that same direction. So who you know is very, very important. Your relationships are very, very, very important in the path of life. So those are the, those are the things. I hope I broke them down correctly. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, you broke them down perfectly. So the first mistake is not talking about money. Yeah. The second one is believing that money is the root of all evil. Listen, money is a tool, just like a shoelace is a tool. Someone can use shoelaces to hang themselves or they can use them to tie up their shoe, right? You can use a knife to cook or you can use a knife to stab somebody. It's a tool and you get to decide how you use it. So yes, there are going to be people that use tools in ways that can be harmful, but that needn't be your story or needn't be the story of those that you surround yourself with. So I loved that the whole money is the root of all evil things. So the third one, the third mistake you said was money is more important than 
knowledge. People believe that. Right. And knowledge can be even more important. And you know why? Because knowledge converts to money. So I yes. love that you touched on that one. Get a job only. You all know that's my language. That one is a big mistake thinking that that's the only way to do it. That was your parents and grandparents way. It needed to be your way. The fifth one you mentioned was they don't have money work for them. Yes. So really great. And the sixth one, which you just talked about was the concept or thinking that who you know doesn't matter. Everyone knows that who you know can open doors. So yeah, super important. And you mentioned one thing that I know some people may have been like a little weary about. You said, you know, you need to start learning about this at a young age, which is why it's so important we teach our kids. But you may be thinking, well, I don't know this stuff, right? But here's the thing. You are the youngest you will ever be again. Let me repeat that. You are the youngest you'll ever be again, which means if you don't know about the stuff that Regina is talking about, today's the day to learn, right? Follow her on Instagram. So it's ways that you can get into this information. I do love that. And also, I love that you made it clear too, you know, if you're around broke people, it doesn't mean that you can't hang with them anymore. It just means finding those individuals who do know how to move with money differently. And I need you to understand as well, because not everyone is in a situation, like a physical situation where they can walk outside of the house and find these people, right? Mm -hmm. But understand, you can find them virtually too. You can have virtual mentors. You can surround yourself with people on YouTube and through courses and like you can do this stuff too. So don't, I always say, don't say you can't do something. Ask yourself, how can you make it happen? If you can't walk out of your door and maybe you live in a really rough neighborhood and you don't see many people that are, you know, financially successful around you, that's fine. You can find them on the radio. You can find them on a podcast. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on YouTube. You can find their courses and purchase from them. So I really do love that you brought all of that up. So thank you again for that, Regina. You're just dropping so many knowledge bombs right (laughs) now. And what would you say then are some of the major things you see wealthy people doing that you don't see others doing? Okay, so I have a couple of things. And this is kind of like the mindset piece. But the wealthy don't lead by emotions. The wealthy lead by facts. So a lot of times when we as African-American culture, we go to the store like, and we become consumers and we buy things to make ourselves feel good. Like we buy the beautiful jewelry, like you know, the things on us to make ourselves feel good, right? Because that's kind of uh, years of oppression. That's a different story, but the wealthy don't need those things to feel good, right? The, that's the difference. So when they, when they think of their wealth, they're not looking at what's on them. They're not leading by emotion. They're looking at their actual bank account. They're looking at their actual assets, right? So that mindset is different. Also too, the wealthy, to me, nothing is personal. It's all, most of the time, it's all about business. So you know how like someone can say something to you and sometimes you're like, oh, that's rude. You you did this, you did that, you know, and they get all their feelings and they don't want to learn from that person anymore. Or they, mm-hmm. or they get upset about something because mm-hmm. of what they said to them, they came at them wrong, whatever. And now it's, it's over. When you are in business, that doesn't matter. As long as that person is completing the job and getting you to the next level, like that's how the wealthy think. It's nothing personal. It is all about 
about business, right? And so we have to kind of get these mindsets so we can think how they think, right? Again, the wealth, the wealthy seek and hang out with people that are going to take them to the next level. It's not about using people. It's about getting to the next level. Poor people, they tend to, oh, I'm just hanging out with my childhood friends. Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, lose their friendship. That's my childhood friends. But if your childhood friend isn't doing what they're supposed to do in life and it's bringing you down, cut, you need to cut them off. The wealthy think as if you're not helping me go to the next level, I'm not using you. It's just a part of the journey that I'm on, right? And so also the wealthy don't know how to delegate. A lot of times, especially as sol solopreneurs, we tend to try to do everything ourselves. The wealthy don't look, don't look at it like that. The wealthy know that, okay, I'm good at this. Everything else, I'm not going to spend my time doing. I'm going to delegate it, right? And so they'll pay someone to cut their grass. And that's why, that's why you'll see, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want to cut my grass. I don't want to, I don't want to wash my car. It's not that they are high and mighty, right? It's that the fact that they understand that their time can be used to make more money. They will mm -hmm. lose money by cutting the grass. They will lose money by doing these minute things. So the wealthy value time in a different way as we need to understand that we need to focus on our greatness. And if we can outsource the things that we're not good at, right? Another thing, the wealthy create plans to execute. Poor people just go off of hope. I hope one day I'm going to be rich. I hope one day I'm going to have a six-figure business. I hope one day all these things. The wealthy are like, okay, no, what is my plan of action? Like we just talked about that GPS. How am I going to actually execute this? Who do I need to be around? Who, what, who do I need to, I need to get on the phone with how many people? Because I know that I've already made a financial plan. I need to talk to 200 people today to make my sales goal. Okay. Let me talk to those people. It's not, well, I, I hope that I'm going to make my sales goal today. It's like a different type of thinking. So those are kind of the difference between the wealthy people and, you know, people people who are not. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing that they're all mindset pieces which share just how important the mindset is, right? Mm -hmm. And just so it's clear, when Regina's talking about wealthy and poor and things like that, she's not necessarily talking about black and white, even though she's no. making some black examples, right? There are many wealthy black people as well. And oh, yeah. this is how they're moving, right? right. So it's important to understand. Not to cut you off, when I talk about wealthy, like you said, I'm talking about a mindset. When I talk mm -hmm. about poor, I'm talking about, because there's poor white people, honey. There's, there's poor white people. There's poor people in general. It's a poverty mindset. It has nothing to do with the skin color. So yes, thank you for, for, clar for clarifying that because money is green. Money does not care about the color of your skin. Money is attracted to people that know how to use the money period. So if you're a green, blue, yellow, orange, it doesn't matter. If you know how to attract money, you know how to use money, the money will be attracted to you. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't discriminate. It's an energy mm -hmm. like everything else. So yes. yeah, absolutely love it. So some, someone may be listening to this and thinking, it's easy for you to say this, you know, you're an accountant and you've been doing this for years and you were able to figure it out. You know, what advice do you have for those who don't know their numbers and they're even intimidated to start researching and doing the things you've mm -hmm. mentioned? Mm -hmm. I would say start looking for people that do know the numbers. Start, not even that, start looking for people that you can relate to. Because the way that I break it down might not be the way somebody else might break it down. And they might break it down better or I might break it down better. The key is to... Like, like I always say, get around people 
who who are breaking it down where you can understand in the terms that you know you can understand it in because i'll be honest with you when i was working in corporate america when i first got started and they started talking about different spreadsheets and and v lookups and all these type of things i was like what i don't know anything about what you're talking about but as i got around it and i was engulfed in it and understood it and it was broken down to me where i could understand i was like oh okay i know about assets and liabilities and v lookups and income statements and and cash flow and all these type of things so you want to make sure that you're putting yourself around people in different platforms that can break it down for you to easily understand the concepts that you that you want to learn right and then you'll find yourself having a conversation and you're talking to someone and you're like yeah i had to do my budget today i had to look at my income and then write down all my expenses and they're going to be like what what do you budget oh you're using different type of language it's because now you're understanding and now you can teach someone else who doesn't know right so it's really important to seek out people who speak the language that you can understand the breakdown of, of finance so important that's a great suggestion for sure and what are some things parents can teach their kids now to put them in a better position by the time they're adults oh i love this question oh i love this question because you know that's what i do i, I help mothers teach their kids about money and finances and investing. So a couple of things, guys, and I hope you got a piece of paper and a pen if you're listening to this. The first thing is teach them delay gratification. Teach them the essence of delay gratification now so that they can know that, you know, when they do get their money, it's not about going to the store and spending all your money, but it's about saving and then saving to invest. And that will put them in a different, totally different position, right, in their life. So the first thing you want to teach them is delay gratification. The second thing you want to teach them is called something called the three jar system. This is budgeting tool for your children. And it's really simple. I do it with my daughter all the time and we love it you just get three jars so pretend like you give them allowance you give them three jars and you label them give save and spend right therefore you can say okay i gave you ten dollars so three dollars is in your give three dollars is in your save four dollars is in your spend therefore you're teaching you're teaching them at a very young age how to budget basically how to allocate their money the third thing you want to teach them and is invest 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 a lot of times people grow up in never even heard the words invest they don't even know what that means so you want to teach them young about investing i have it on my platform on instagram there was a video of me and my son and we were at lowe's and my son loves to ask me questions i stopped right there and gave him a lesson on dividend income he was asking me okay mom how much do i have to invest in apple because he has apple stock because we have an apple phone and he said well how much how much do i have to invest to get a certain amount of dividends and so we were talking about it throwing around numbers but i like the fact that he understands passive income and he's uh, 14 years old. He understands. He's like, oh my gosh, can I wait to get grown, go to work, get this money, and then invest in the stock market or invest in real estate? I was like, yes. The fact that mm -hmm. he has a plan for that is so important. And then the fourth thing you want to do is teach them other ways to make money. And that's kind of piggybacking off of, like we was talking before, expose them to having a job. That's nothing wrong with that, but you want to give them options. The options is the name of the game now. Teaching them that, okay, they can have a business and have a job. They can invest in real estate and have a job. Matter of fact, they can have invest in real estate, invest in stocks, have a business and have a job. It's just about teaching them options, right? We want to teach our kids at a very, very young age that they have options. And then the fifth thing is ownership and identity. A lot of times, especially here growing up in America, for me, the first thing that I was exposed to in school was 
of slavery. Like that was the heritage. And so you want to teach your kids actually who they are, you know, that there is history beyond just starting from slavery. So I believe identity is so important. You want to teach them of the great African-American leaders, you know, of not even our generation, but just of our times. So they can understand that, oh my gosh, Booker T. Washington, all these great people, look how they, look what they invented, look who they are, look what they've done for us, right? And so it's important to give them that flavor of who they are so that they can pull from that. They can know that they can invent something. They can be owners, owners of something. They can be owners of schools, right? That's very, very important. And then teaching them that to have a purpose-driven life, right? The, and all these tools are important because it gives them the confidence and capacity to understand who they are, right? Teaching them that they have a purpose, that their life means something. That's also important. And also, too, you want to teach them about distractions of life. Because sometimes we go through life and we don't even understand that we are being distracted. And that could take them away from their purpose, which could then and take them away from the ability to do all these things such as invest and own things of that nature so those are the things that you want to teach your kids some of them about money and some of them about identity but you would be surprised how both of those coincide together just how like how we talked about about confidence if you don't feel confident in in who you are you know you're not going to think that i'm the mother of three kids but yet i can build wealth for them so it goes a little bit like money is a little bit deeper than that surface like really money is just a piece of paper it's the tool remember how we talked about a tool it's the tool that you can use which is going to make the difference in a child's life love it so much great information in there like just to recap she said you want to teach your child the essence of delayed gratification and i don't know if you've seen that challenge they've been doing lately where it's like putting the candy there and telling the kid you know wait one minute till i come back and then you can have one kind of thing and you watch them and you know there are so many ways you could do this but you know that was just one for little baby like little toddlers but also she shared the three jar system budgeting system for kids so give save spend so good we also talked about teaching them how to invest teaching them other ways to make money right so that they have those options knowing they have the options and also Mm -hmm. about their ownership and identity and lastly teaching them to have a purpose-driven life Mm -hmm. and teaching them about those distractions of life too so i think that's so jam-packed love 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 it and i know you have you always have some webinars or something that's going on different trainings available so where do you suggest someone starts if they're ready to just begin to make a change with their finances Sure. Well, for me, I would I would believe that they start with my free IGTVs. So I do a financial book read Monday through Friday. And basically we dive into financial books and we've read three books so far. And what I love about it, it's, it's really great information that they can take from. I learn some things and then we talk about it, right? And so I would start with my free IGTV. I love dropping gems on there. And I love being able to, in the comments, like people will say things and then I'm off for the races. And so I really, you know, get that one-on-one experience with the people in the IGTVs because they're my lives. So I would say, start there. Then I would click on my link and go to my free resources. I have so many resources, 10 things to teach your kids before they turn 18. I have free webinars, five things you should do, all mothers should do during the quarantines. So I would take a look at the link in my bio, get, you know, all the free resources. And then when, once you're ready, you build that confidence. You're like, 
like, okay, I'm vibing with a couple of things. I got the, I'm watching her. I see the free IGTV. I would then go take action and go into my wealth program. I have two programs. One program is for mothers, how to create generational wealth for your kids. Like I said, we dive into life insurance, trust, wills, real estate, multiple streams of income. That's one part, right? For the mother, you want the mother to make sure that she's taking the correct action. But then the other part is we got to teach our kids about money at a young age. So I have another program where it's all about the mothers teaching the mothers and the kids about finances to break it down for them to understand. I started something called money school for my kids about four or five years ago, where I just broke down different financial concepts. So for my daughter, she's young, she's like seven. So we would sing songs, we would do pictures, we would have games for her. So on one end, she's young. And then on my son, he's 14. So what do we do? We put a, a lot of apps on his phone for him to understand his stocks. So I would say dive into those two things once you are confident to take action. But first, look at those free resources and look at that IGTV just to get a feel of what talking about when it comes to financial education. So many great things that you can dive into. Love, love, love it. And again, the links for all of those are going to be below in the description for this podcast in the show notes. But if you go onto her Instagram as well, you will be able to find all of that. So with the link in her bio, you just simply go to Prosper with Regina and she has a link in her bio as well that would give you, it's a link tree. And you know how the link trees are all cute and you have the different links to different things. You could go in there. So absolutely love it. So it's one question I love to ask at the end of every single episode of Freedom Slay podcast. And that is, what does freedom mean to you? Oh gosh, I love this. For me, freedom is the ability for my passive income to pay for my monthly expenses, right? To me, it's really not a number. Like, it's not a number. You know, people, everybody says, I want to become a millionaire. That's really not freedom to me. Freedom is, like I said, all my, my passive income pays for my monthly expenses. Therefore, I am able to be even more in purpose driven on this walk called life, right? And it's not even a feeling, it's a state of being. That's why I really want to teach my children all these, you know, different financial aspects because I don't want them to worry about money. That's not what I want them to worry about. I want them to focus on the God-given purpose for their life, right? And so people don't even understand how money can be such a distraction. If you're only focusing on bills, how can you be free? If you're only focusing on, I'm just trying to get to the next month, how can you be free to focus on the purpose that really is within you? So that's my freedom. It's not even a number. It's not even a feeling. It's a state of being. Love it. And just to be clear, you mentioned passive income paying the expenses. And for those of you who may be listening and you don't necessarily know, I'm pretty sure a majority of you do, but those of you who aren't familiar with the term passive income, that's what Regina was talking about earlier when she was saying your money that's working for you, right? So passive income, I find like a lot of people believe it means that you know, you never have to work for it. And the reality is like, for instance, if I create an 
each training, I have to create that training first and then it can make passive income if I run ads to it or something like that. Or if right. you have stocks and you know, you get the dividends is passive income. Right. However, you still have to research those stocks and purchase those stocks, which is the work up front. But right. once they start creating that passive income, you're no longer working to generate it, right? right. So it frees up your time. So you're getting time freedom as well to do other things or maybe even right. create additional streams for yourself. I mean, right. affiliate commissions is another way to create passive income, but all passive income requires some level of work at the beginning. So I just wanted to clarify that for those of you who may be listening and they're like, what's passive income? But that's such a great definition for it because you're saying, you know, the money that I'm no longer working to create, that's working for itself, that's, you know, fending for itself is covering expenses. Expenses, that's when you know that you're at a place where you're like, I could, I'm chilling, right? Yes. State of being where you're truly able to walk in your purpose because the things you are spending your time on are things you actually enjoy doing anyway. And that can make income too, but that would be, oh goodness, what that type of income is called? Not passive, but um, active income. There we go. Yes. (laughs) So there we go. Thank you so much for all the knowledge you shared, Regina. I truly appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners will absolutely benefit from all these things. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed episode 49 of the podcast with Regina Bird, who is at Prosper with Regina on Instagram. Don't forget to take a screenshot and tag us both over on Instagram to let us know you're listening and enjoying it. And also, if you've gotten anything out of this podcast or any in the past, do take literally 10 seconds when you're on Apple Podcasts and you type in Freedom Slay Podcast, you literally just scroll down, you'll see all the star ratings. You can leave a rating for this podcast if you love it. Let me know. That's how I know to continue creating episodes like this one for you to benefit from. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, all of Regina's links are going to be down in the show notes. However, you can find them all at Prosper with Regina on Instagram. And she has the little link tree link in her bio. And you'll find all the things she's talked about along with all of those free trainings and paid programs there as well. As always, I appreciate you for listening in and we'll chat next time. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.